0: to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Holly. Well, last time our listeners may have been a bit surprised that we held our big question until today, but it's a pretty big one. Today, we're going to be discussing what to do right after you pulled your children out of public school. So, Holly or Jennifer, have you either one of you pulled your kiddo
1: out of public school? I, my first two kids, that my oldest two, we did pull them out. They were in second and fourth grade. But we finished out the end of the school year. So it wasn't, we didn't pull them out in the middle of the year at all. What about you, Holly? Were yours, I know some of yeah, kids it, to go. Yeah, it was the same thing. So my daughter finished
2: first grade in public school mm-hmm. and then the school year ended and we began homeschooling. So I think when I think of pulling your kids out, school's already started. Yeah. And, and that- you're you're going to not finish the school year.
1: Um, yeah, and, and that, I think that's, that's what different. we're focused on today because uh-huh. those mm-hmm. are the questions we are seeing as, you know, people come to us to ask us questions all the time and some of the questions I'm beginning a lot lately are, "Hey, I'm pulling my high school kid out tomorrow. We're not going like, to finish the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. March. What do I do the next day?" And that's, you know, there's mm-hmm. a kind of sense of panic over that. Uh, I think when you're pulling them out in the middle of a school year, that I think parents feel like they're supposed to be recreating school immediately the next day at home and I think- um, that
2: the farther along the kid is in their studies, mm-hmm. the more that panic is pronounced. Yes, so I agree. I don't think people yeah. who decide, you know, kindergarten, it's not working. Right. I don't think they're they not come home big. It's,
0: yeah, and they're definitely.
2: Yeah, the deer in the headlights. I think that people especially are really high worried. School. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially high schoolers. They don't want to be breaking any laws right. and they don't want to mess up their they're kids. They're worried
1: they're and, not going to have the right credit, right. things like that. Mm-hmm. I do want to say before right. we talk about what people should do that. First of all, take a minute to celebrate. It's a big decision you've made. I'm sure you've spent a lot of time agonizing over if this is the right choice and you've come to this conclusion that it's best for you and your family. So take a minute to, you know, embrace it and celebrate and congratulate yourself on, you know, making a hard choice as a parent.
0: That's the first thing I would say too. like throw a party and and Mm -hmm. just take a minute to reflect and because even even parents in the elementary levels are coming and saying, uh, where do I go? I can't find yeah. anybody to enroll, you know, this late in the year. Right, which right. we've told people, if you want to be part of a co-op or something, you need to get on the wait list. Right. Now. But I tell them. Don't do anything. It just like I know. Breathe. Think about why are you pulling them out. So a lot of times, if it's for academic reasons, then that's one kind of a direction that you're going. If the mm-hmm. child was stressed for some other reasons, mm-hmm. you really need to, no matter why, you you need some time to decompress and evaluate what you want to do, what are your goals, and take Mm -hmm. a moment. But like you said, people feel compelled to get up the next day and recreate school at home. And um, that will make your life harder. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, let's let's remember too, though, that not everybody gets to homeschool in Texas, Mm -hmm. where you have a lot of luxury as to how you do this thing. Right. In some states, pulling your kid out is a multi-step process where you have to, you know, you have to set up things and the school district is going to be looking to see you know did you satisfy so many right. hours and things in that context you still don't have to jump up and do school you know the next day but you do have to be able to write things down that satisfy that requirement right so do you um, definitely
1: need to check your state mm-hmm. laws before yeah you make any move
2: yeah but right. you know ideally you would
0: do that first
2: Yeah, well, and education comes in all different forms. So if you took a high school kid out, you know, the next day, you don't have to shove the algebra book in their face. (laughs) Um, But you might say, you know, to the kid, hey, what kind of things would you like to uh, to do today, and then figure out a way to make that official?
1: You know. Yeah, I agree, but I think that's a really hard concept for people who are used to the public school system, uh, the parents and the kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of deschooling. And like you said, some states you may not be allowed to do this, but in several states, and definitely in our state of Texas, you. Can homeschool pretty much how you would like to. So, deschooling is when, after you've pulled them out of school, you just take a break. You give them and yourself downtime and you don't do any formal academics for a while. And you do that as long as it's needed until you start getting a good rhythm, until your child feels like they're ready to start picking up something again. And there's many, many, many ways you can do it. But I just, I feel like it's so important because can you imagine like they've gone to school, public school, their whole lives has been always been this way, right? And probably they thought that was the right way to do school because that's where you put them. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly out of nowhere, probably you have them at home and you're going to teach them on an entirely different way. And doing those two things one day right after the other just isn't logical or I don't, I think it's, it's really difficult and hard on kids, especially high school kids.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is going to depend on all of the, each family is going to have different reasons for pulling their children out. For some families, I know they have pulled out of the public school and then kind of picked up, but they were at home in a different environment. Like the reasons Mm -hmm. they pulled them out were not necessarily academic, and they were able to just continue with what was going on. Some people are pulling kids out because of the changes that have happened over the last three years that they're not Mm -hmm. happy about. And so some parents also, having seen how much work there is, realize that we could do that at home in less time and yeah. want to do some other things. And so like for some kiddos, you might be on a, like a lighter schedule, home yeah. high school light, maybe for a while where you're still doing some reading, maybe reading for enjoyment, or maybe they're finishing up, whatever they were currently studying because Uh it's kind of nice to wrap something up. But there is also room for just stopping. Like you're going to have some earlier and um, stop and make plans or just remember how to, how to
1: relax? Or some. I, people. I had somebody contact it's me this last week. They're pulling their high school child out right now because they're having problems being bullied, and we're having a, the mm-hmm. students having a really, really hard time and going through a lot of uh, emotional issues because of what's going on. And they wanted, you know, to immediately what what program do I sign them up for tomorrow? But I, even in that situation, even though it's not related to the academics, I feel like if they're able to, that you need to give him some time to also decompress and deal with the mental health issues he's having and make sure mm-hmm. he's emotionally doing emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. doing well before trying to push the academics back on again. Because, you know, really the reason you're pulling your child out is because you want them to be happy and healthy. So focus on that for a little bit and, and don't worry about I the agree. other stuff yet.
2: Yeah, and the other thing too is that you as the parent have not had the experience of yes. managing, you know, all these aspects of your life. So when we started homeschooling, Um, My child had finished first grade and I knew we were going to be homeschooling in the fall and I had already started assembling materials. And I took the summer to kind of get Mm -hmm. my daughter accustomed to the idea that I was going to be her teacher and that Mm -hmm. we were going to do school at home. And we worked on, you know, just different things. Uh, We we did a little reading lessons. So you kind of have to look at what the situation is and figure out like, How are you going to fit homeschooling into your life? Because you were living a certain life until this point. And so you, you know, you may not be able to jump right in. Maybe you just do one thing and you, you just concentrate on doing that one thing, like deciding, you know, when you're going to get up and how breakfast is going to go. Everything is going to be different because you're going to have time to do things in a way that differently than you have done them before. Mm-hmm. One would think. I know I had a friend who took her son out of public school. He was in the seventh grade. She and her husband both had to work. And so they didn't have the luxury of letting him do nothing. Mm-hmm. And she she had stuff set up for him. So I guess he finished the public school like on a Friday. And then on Monday, they started with the homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, they they worked together. On, this is what you'll do. This is when you'll check in with me. So they didn't have the luxury of just trying to figure it out because they weren't even going to be there. (laughs) He was old enough to stay home by himself and he was able to work independently. And then the things that he couldn't do, they would do in the evening when his parents were home. Mm -hmm. But everybody's situation is different. The thing that is the same is that some big event led to this decision and your life is going to change. You and your child's life is Mm -hmm. going to change. And you do need to have some time to figure out how that's going to work
1: hmm Another important reason to take some time is that, especially if school wasn't working for your child, uh, the academics or the learning style wasn't working for your child, you can take time to figure out what is your child's learning style and what is your teaching style so that you can do a a, you can be more successful in homeschooling if you take that time to figure that out
2: oh definitely I know that's one of the reasons why we changed curriculum a couple of times Mm -hmm. because the first curriculum we used was set up for school type situation and it just involved too many pieces of paper to get done every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's the other thing, too, is that as you homeschool, you will develop your own homeschool philosophies. You'll find out what materials do and don't work. And you need to have time to do some of that research. Sometimes you don't have enough notice that you're going to take your kid out of school. Things come to a head and, you know, for their well-being, their mental and physical health Mm -hmm. you've got to get them out and so you know you do it's better not to just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks it's better if you can give yourself some time to do a little research Mm
0: -hmm. we'll be back after this short break
2: hi happy homeschoolers let's chat a little bit about our sponsor transcript maker if you're a long-time listener of the show, you probably feel like you know a lot about Transcript Maker. But if you've been listening to us talk about this service and you haven't tried it yet, let me tell you why I love Transcript Maker. When I found Transcript Maker, it was really new, and I had a child going into senior year of high school, and I was really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to make him a transcript because I really stink at Excel spreadsheets. Somehow or another, I happened upon Transcript Maker and signed up. And it changed my life as a homeschool administrator. I didn't have to worry about calculating anything. All I had to do was keep my notes and plug them in to the transcript template and it calculated the GPA for me. I used it for all of my first five kids and I'm gonna use it for my youngest kid when he's in high school because it's such a great product. And they keep improving it over the years based on feedback they get from their users. So there's just no reason to try to do anything on your own at home when there's transcript maker. And just for our listeners of our podcast, you can save 20% off your subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today and fall in love for yourself. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts.
0: Another thing we might want to mention is that if you've gone from the, you're the parent, and now you're going to suddenly be the teacher, some kiddos have a little bit of an adjustment, an attitude yeah. adjustment about that. Cause like, that's not the way my teacher did it or, mm-hmm. but that's not oh. how we do it at school. <laughs> yeah.
2: When I started homeschooling, my oldest daughter had just finished first grade and we had explained we were going to be homeschooling, but she wasn't real thrilled with the idea. I was surprised at how invested in public school activities and situations she was, given that she was only six. <laughs> but she wasn't real thrilled about it. And so I did some things to help her become more comfortable. She wanted to eat school lunch type lunches, to the point of even wanting them on a train. I think I mentioned this so on funny. another yeah. podcast. So I went to the local thrift store and I bought some little lunch trays Mm -hmm. and then she had some particular lunches she liked. Like the public school made grilled cheese with one slice of wheat bread and one slice of white bread. And so I I did some of those things, you know, for a little while we made sure Sure. that she really liked to get out and play. So we made it really a big priority to go to park days, which gave her that playing with other kids recessy kind of a feel. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did do some things to kind of increase her comfort level. I did have to remind my daughter that, you know, I taught you to walk and talk and use the toilet and I can teach you all this other stuff too. (laughs) Um, so even, Mm -hmm. and, as a first grader going and rising second grader, she had some little attitudes that
1: we had to work on. Of course. Yeah. But I like what you said about maybe listen to your kids and figure out what it is that they're scared about or what they feel like they're going to miss from school and recreating some of that's a great idea. That's a great way to reassure, especially with the younger kids. So I've had teenagers for so many years now that we've had a lot of high school kids come in and out of our homeschool group who are, you know, had just came out of schools. And a lot of those kids don't stay in homeschooling for very long. It seems like it's kind of hard to be successful at that age, pulling your kids out. And I saw it from talking to the parents that most of it was the kids not wanting to do it. Again, they'd been at school their whole lives, you know, Mm -hmm. and now you're talking about 14 and 15 year olds who don't know any other way to do school. But talking to the teenagers, their biggest thing was what about my friends? My friends, my friends, my friends. I have Mm -hmm. friends at school. We see each other every day. What am I going to do? And most of the resistance towards homeschooling was coming from that social aspect. And I feel like there's so many ways to plug your kids into social activities as a homeschooler. But you have to take that effort. And especially if you have a high school age kid or a teenager, you need to pretty immediately find outlets for them to socialize with other teenagers or also make sure that you're helping them to stay Connected to their friends that they already have mm-hmm. because to be successful with a teenager you're going to need to make sure they're still comfortable with that.
2: It's probably not quite as hard if they have connections with teens outside of their school like right. if they're active in their church youth group mm-hmm. or they're active in some kind of uh, youth Scouts civic or organization, yeah. yeah. Then they For they sports. already have, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. through sports and they already have some peer groups. But it's harder to keep them connected with their public school peers because it the is. schedules are so different. So, do you know of anything that you could advise people to try to do, like that was successful with kids well, who came out of public school and one finished one of the things school? that I
1: heard from teen these teenagers, because I would I talked to them, but one of them was that they just think homeschoolers are weird. You know, and mm-hmm. there's a big social <laughs> stigma for them as a teenager that's just weird. So, I definitely would recommend, you know, plugging yourselves into local homeschool groups, but looking for teen active teen groups. Like, we our group out here does a once a month teen night and that's, that was a great introduction. Several of these kids that were in and out of our group, that was the way that we could pull them in, is that they come hang out with you know ten other kids that are homeschooled that are their age, and they realize oh you're you're like me you know you're you're not you're not really a weirdo, <laughs> um, and right. and that really why, increased the comfort level because they find a shared interests
0: or a game night or something right. like
2: that where they're not yeah. feeling out of place. A lot of times though, it seems that. The The driver for these teenagers coming home are the teenagers themselves.
1: Yes, that's true. I
2: I see a lot of posts where the parents are saying, like, my kid is begging to come home and I don't know if I can do it. You know, that's a that's a whole nother situation. But the other thing you can do with teenagers, particularly if they ask to come home is you can get them involved in community college classes. Yeah. They're already used Great to the classroom idea. atmosphere, and you won't have to shoulder the burden of teaching so many things because mm-hmm. they'll be able to earn high school and college credit concurrently. Right. And anybody in a homeschool group, you can get on a Facebook group in your, in your area. There's a mom or two that have already gone through that whole routine of getting Yeah, they're a
1: great resource. and,
2: And they will be able to help you. And then a lot of the community colleges have a homeschool liaison for that particular uh, situation. But that's a really great solution for mm-hmm. kids who, you know, you're not like ready to teach these subjects and they don't want to be in the public school. How are you going to get it all done? This is a great way to do it. Yeah,
0: that's a great transition. And that one other thing to keep in mind for those older kids is like if they've been in the public school system for a while, they may not be really great at time management. Exactly. If the uh, responsibility for learning is on their shoulders Mm -hmm. because someone has been telling them what to do. Maybe as a parent, you don't have the time or I mean it depends like maybe you're not going to spoon feed them the information you want them to learn how to go out there and learn it on their own they may need some help with some study skills right at the beginning and I've seen that occur several times like some of my people that I've met have struggled with helping their child take responsibility for learning the information because they're like if the teacher's not giving them a grade they don't realize how much it still matters that they learn for the sake of learning and not just for the grade So like there are some choppy waters you may have to navigate, but as long as you know why you're doing this and your goal is to help your child feel successful and be healthy and, you know, for whatever reasons you took them out. You find ways to make it mm-hmm. happen.
1: I think one of the ways to encourage them to actually take ownership of their learning or and enjoy learning is to kind of follow their lead, ask them what they want to learn and what they're interested in doing, especially older kids. They usually have things they, they have interests, you know, and mm-hmm. and try to encourage those and then they can see, well, you can model for them how you're learning by doing things that you love doing. And that takes a little bit of relearning your, on your own as a parent if you were in the public school system yourself to see that they are also still learning all of the things you want them to learn by doing other non-traditional things.
0: That's right. And take advantage of the time that you now have and go and do some things that you maybe Mm -hmm. couldn't do before because the school schedule wouldn't let you. Go and learn at a museum or go and take some classes. I mean, there's always some kind of classes going on somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if there's something they're interested in, you know, jump in if you can. I mean, some of those things do run with semesters and like maybe you can't pull them out one day and put them in the next, but you can start exploring or sign up for summer classes or whatever they are interested in, but you just kind of have to do a little bit of legwork or you can let them start looking for things too.
1: I mean, if they're older. Yeah, that's a great idea.
2: Yeah, they always want to be on the screen anyway, so <laughs>
0: that's
1: you know, right. you yeah, can,
2: you can give them some purposeful screen time. You can work on some real life skills while you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, what you're going to go with for curriculum. I mean, the house has to be clean and food has to be cooked and the car might need vacuum, you know, all kinds of stuff, Yep. real life skills, um, you can have them help you make the grocery list and order groceries or pay bills. These are all skills that people are taught in public school under the guise of home economics and family and consumer sciences. So even if you don't have a set curriculum for these things, you can look at them as school type activities.
0: So one other thing, Holly, you mentioned screen time. And I know a lot of kids with once you start homeschooling and you can get your schoolwork done so much more quickly, they have more time on their hands, but you don't want to fill that time up with more screen time. So we were always big on hobbies and finding things that you could do like Mm -hmm. life skills. And you mentioned, you know, keeping house and all those things. But let's give our listeners some other ideas for things that they might like cultivate your child's interest in another area, like not academics necessarily but it's still learning. And it's still really important. Like for example, well, one example I can think of is my oldest son, because he was very mechanically inclined because we were homeschooling, he would get his homework and his schoolwork done. He had time to build his first car. I mean, he got mm-hmm. an old car and, and put it together and fix it all up. But like he would not have had time to do that if he'd been away at school all that yeah. time. So there are other things. that could be sewing. What else? Maybe programming or coding. Of course, those are screen activities, but what else? It's a little really, different.
1: I think it's really anything that they're interested in. You can follow that. I have a daughter that started teaching yoga classes to other kids when she was 12 years old because she oh really loved yoga and she had time. She had time to take a lot of yoga classes. She had time to go learn how to teach it. She had time to teach classes. So I think that a lot of parents, when they first start out, if they're coming out of the public school system, a lot of parents are uh, scared of that downtime. You know, I think in general as society, we feel like you should be busy all the time. But I think that the downtime is such a huge advantage in homeschooling and you you should learn to embrace it. It's okay to not always be doing something. I've always said, like, let your kids be bored. It's okay if they're not Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. occupied. And my kids, when they're bored, that's when they start coming up with good ideas. And then we follow those leads. And it might take a while. They might just want to play video games, especially because this is a new, you know, they have, haven't had this kind of free time before and video games are something they like. So they're going to naturally gravitate towards that. So it's okay for that to happen for a while. And just, again, follow their interests. They have time to build cars. They have time to, if they want to get a job now, they have a time to go get a job. You know, there's all kinds of things they can be doing that don't have to revolve around the academic.
2: Yeah, my middle daughter, um, she always loved animals, and she became the neighborhood pet sitter. Mm-hmm. People got to know her. They'd see her walking dog, our dogs, and she would be a pet sitter. She also got really, really into 4-H to the point mm-hmm. of where she was spending hours each week on 4-H activities. And yeah. uh, she eventually, she went to National 4-H Congress, so she, had a, she traveled for 4-H. Mm -hmm. And she applied for and earned a scholarship, $10,000 for college. That was a big investment of her time. Some of my other kids didn't do things like that at all, but they got into things like my one son loved computers and mechanical things. And when he was in his high school years, he started learning how to build computers. Uh And to this day, he was here last week installing a hard drive in one of my computers for me. Uh And, you know, he's always keeping our computers up to date and nothing brings him more joy than to do that. But if he had been in school all the time and saddled with homework after he was out, out of school, he wouldn't have had the time to pursue his interests uh, the way he was able to as a homeschooler. And, you know, in our episode conversations with homeschool graduates, I think every single one of our kids said, I had time. I had a lot of time. They did. They did. And they they appreciated that that and they they realized that it was a huge benefit to them Mm -hmm. to be able to have that time. So giving your kids the gift of that time is as important as academics.
1: We just had that episode we did about being out Outdoors And being in nature, you have time for that now. Your mm-hmm. kids have time to do things like go hike, go kayak, things they can't do while they're sitting in school all day. And just remember that those are also great things to do. You don't have to just be sitting down doing a math worksheet. You can also be out checking out nature. And there are a lot
2: of ways to translate all those activities into educational credits. One of the things I always tell people is when you're you know, looking at creating a transcript for your high school students and you're wondering, how does this work? Say like my one son, he wasn't really athletic, but he did like to play disc golf and he had a dog and he walked the dog every day. So I gave him a credit for fitness walking. Well, I got that idea from looking at the local high school website, looking at yeah. their course offerings. Yeah. Yeah. And learning how to turn our regular family activities into Uh educational, educational ease, so to speak. Anything that your kids do when they demonstrate a proficiency at it, you can turn that into a high school credit. So you don't have to be too worried about what traditional high school looks like. You can turn untraditional high school into traditional credits.
0: Before we go today, we want to leave you with a few reminders.
1: The deadline for the May 6th SAT is April 7th, just one week from now if you're listening to this episode the day it goes live. The late registration is April 25th, but there's still time to make that April 7th date if it's been on your radar.
2: If you want to support us here and help us grow, it would be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with the code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps.
1: Let us know what you're doing with your kids now that you've pulled them out of school. What are you looking forward to? You can reach us through email at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and on Instagram and Facebook at happyhomeschoolpod.
2: Next time, we'll be interviewing an expert on learning disability
0: testing.
1: Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Jennifer.
0: And I'm Holly. Happy Happy homeschooling! Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeskiller Podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Jennifer Jones and Holly Williams-Erbaugh. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us.